Hello there, my frosty fudgicles. It's Chappie, your British butler. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese is the name I have on my name tag. Now it's on the back of my shirt, is inside my shoes, <clears throat> is in my trousers, is in my underpants. It's absolutely everywhere. Keep calm and cauliflower cheese. Well, if you've got one of those special things, can you remember them where you used to type them out and used to come out on some sort of ribbon? You stuck it inside your shoe or on your little pencil box or something along those lines. Dynamos, I think they were called. Then, yes, it would have keep calm and cauliflower cheese stamped out everywhere. <clears throat> I used to have my name sewn into my the back of my shirts and my jumpers. <clears throat> and that's exactly what I have right now. Just to remind myself that this is the name of my game. This is my mantra is keep calm and cauliflower cheese. And it's so lovely to be here. The cock hasn't crown. The cock is probably frozen right now. Uh, but it's absolutely frigid here at the moment. Absolutely frigid. It's like 10 degrees Fahrenheit. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to get up early. I'm going to see if the dogs can cross their legs for a little bit longer. And I'm going to bring you Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, the Friday edition. This is, uh, these are our last episodes in January. We're nearly there, everybody. I know it's been like a triathlon. It's been like an Iron Man or woman for you. And we've almost made it through. We've basically done the swim. We've done the run. And we're on our penny farthing right now. Because anybody listening to this show, they don't, uh, they're not all aerodynamic. They're not on speed cycles. They're basically on a penny farthing or a rickety old bike with a basket and a bell. And wear, maybe wearing a straw hat. And you cycle a little bit like John Wayne. It's like 10 to 2. There's no, there's no aerodynamism here when it comes to people who listen to this show. I don't think. There may be some incredibly fit athletes here. But as I speak to you, we have scattered Cadbury's packets of proper Cadbury's. We'll be talking about that a little bit more later on. All over the shop. Yes. It's almost like you could... It's like a den of Cadbury's wrappers. And I mean, I'm trying to clean up the... Uh, clean up the whole house, clean up the boudoir and everything else today. That's one of my uh, one of my jobs here as a butler to keep everything prim, pristine, polished, everything buttoned up and British style. And that's really the, I suppose, the podcast. Although we, we like a little bit of nonsense, everything sort of mainly descends below the belt, as you probably realized uh, over the over the year or two that we've been doing this here we've got quite a few episodes i think we've had like 100 this is the 159th episode of this euphoric nonsense that we like to bring to you every week the pyramid is diffusing i mean it's not like the sun over the yard arm or anything but the pyramid tea bag is gently diffusing probably put the milk in a little bit quickly but we're as i said to you before that the tea good cup of tea a tea for good cup of tea is that reddish color you know you just have to let tea bag diffuse and uh, well you loose leaf tea if they've got it but you've got a tea bag here and you let it gently diffuse and then you lift it up and dunk it you lift it hold it at the top of the pyramid and you just gently dunk it into the tea here and, uh, oh, it's absolutely, it's a beautiful cup of tea, Chappie. A reddish cup of tea. Delicious. 
Yes, there we go. That's, that's how you make a cup of tea. And that's going to keep me going. But it's, it's quite early here. Got droopy eyelids of a bloodhound as we descend into the Friday. Get into that Friday weekend feeling. Immerse yourself in it. Just, just soak it all in and feel it. Take a deep breath. Oh, yes, I've just spat turmeric all over the microphone. Oh, it's yellow, darlings. We're both marvellous and meticulous on this show. It's the only thing that I'm, I'm not really a details person, but uh, details are important when it comes to Keep Calm and Cauliflower Cheese, other than the running order. Now, many people have hauled me up over the coals, and they said, Chappie, you give us a running order, and then you don't get round to the running order and the items on the running order. Well, that's the way we liked it. We like it a little loosey-goosey. We're meticulous in our preparation, our delivery, our loyalty to the listener. But uh, when it comes to the uh, running order, yes, it's a little uh, little haphazard to say the least here. But some of the things that we may or may not be talking about today and tomorrow, and we always go down the running order, batting order, openers first, middle order, down to the tail enders. So flaxseed and turmeric, we're going to be talking how that improves men's health i mean mental probably and uh, indeed the physical um also are you a morning cock i mean we talked about this already are you a morning cock or are you a night owl yes it does i think it does matter in relationships to be honest uh do you use people for your skip <laughs> i think the thing i think sometimes i wake up in the night and i make notes this is maybe some sort of dream here. Uh, we'll try to form it into something. It's like when didn't, didn't was it um, Demetrius or was it uh, I can't remember who it was. There it goes Hades. Who formed men out of mud? Anyway, I'm sort of forming this little statement. Do people use you for your skip? Ah, now I remember what it is. Do people use you for your skip? Um, also. Have you got rid of your Christmas cake yet? I think we're going to have a final Christmas cake report from my parents sometimes over this over the weekend here. Has it been eaten? Has it been left? Is it now a doorstop? Um, super spreader burns night events. Uh, also, my type of YouTube video. And um, a wonderful, wonderful Uber driver the other day. He was a cross between Elvis and Bill Clinton. Can you even imagine? Absolutely fantastic. What a voice. Chariot, love your voice. Well, this chap had a... I mean, he had that draw going on. And I did not have sexual... You know, that sort of thing going on. I'm not going to even try because... I get pulled up over my American accent. I always sound like an... Oh, my God. You know, I always sound like Janice from Friends or Go Southern. Or I just can't really do it. I sound like a high pitch when I do my American accent for some also, New Year, this is, an, this is, again, this is etched down after a dream. New Year, new cat suit. Yes. Woke up in the middle of the night, yellow post-it notes next to the bed, and I uh, etched down, obviously, uh, not in a Mont Blanc, but obviously a fountain pen with ink splattering everywhere, because I grip the pen too tightly and uh, really uh, do write like a demented doctor. Um, and I put down New Year, new cat suit, holding in the lumps. Yes, we have a rubbish poker. We go delving around. It was so obsessed with the skip here. 
Don't you just love a skip? Doesn't everybody want their own skip? I mean, other than when it's icy and you're sort of doing your Torvalandine skating impression across to the skip, uh, I'm starting a Cadbury's revolution. Yes, I've already started it. Proper Cadbury's, proper Cadbury's, I tell you. All the proper milk, none of this extra sugar. Yes. Um, how awful is Excel spreadsheets? How awful are the Excel spreadsheets? Mind numbing, we'll be talking about that. The smell of wood cutting. I know, you know, like nostalgic smells. I mean, it's a typical sort of radio feature, but I smelled something that was quite surprising. Something that I expected that I would smell in the summer, not the winter. But it was a smell, the sweet smell, the fresh smell, all in the morning, master. No, it's this hollow, oh, what in the morning. It's like it was in the morning, master. Yeah, that's what it was. It was the fresh smell of wood in the morning. Smash all of water in the morning, master. I don't know if you've ever had the situation. I'm sure you all have here. Because uh, I think insomnia... Do you think people used to have insomnia 50 or 60 years ago? I think everybody used to go to bed earlier. But <clears throat> I found of late, and this isn't a fix-all situation, but it does help. I found that plugging my phone in in another room is a wondrous thing. That's why I talk about the notepad or the yellow, uh, little yellow block of post-it notes um, next to the bed. So I come up with ideas. I used to have my phone next to the bed. I used to, when I came up with ideas, I said, well, you've had 159 episodes, chap, and you haven't come up with a good idea yet. Well, thank you, audience out there. Um, but people seem to love, I mean, people seem to love me in New Zealand. I mean, the charts in New Zealand, Saudi Arabia, Pakistan, Russia... No, maybe some English-speaking countries soon might be uh, might be uh, nice, but uh, but yeah. So if you plug your phone in somewhere else, that is so important, and it's improved my sleep exponentially. It's done wondrous things. Now I have woken up in the middle of the night. I mean, if you if you have a steaming, frothy, milky hot chocolate before bed, probably not the best idea. You're thinking of giving up tea, which I used to drink tea before bed. Um, now I don't, uh, but yeah, froth, frothy milky hot chocolate, there's not a lot of caffeine in there, but the, I tell you something, it gets you sort of charged up, and it gives you the, the, the wondrous dreams, I mean, it's like sprinkling a Cadbury's flake all over your coffee, that chocolatey essence, I think, seeps into the, uh, into the, into the cranium, and gives you some fairly sort of interesting types of dreams here. I don't know if you've eaten a block of cheese before bed. I mean, I try not to because it can give you terrible, terrible indigestion. But no, I, I have done that before. And uh, that gives you some interesting dreams. But try try hot chocolate. When you're actually asleep, you're having some wondrous dreams. But it's when you're not sleeping is the problem. So, devices in other rooms, flashing lights. I've still got some little flashing lights from computers plugged in and things. None of that's good. Maybe I'll try the eye mask. Yeah. Can you get yourself like an eye mask with built-in ice cucumbers so you don't have those huge bags under your eyes? I don't know if it's like a middle-aged thing. And we would sort of often go into middle-aged male subjects here on the podcast. Uh, but do you have baggy, bulgy eyes? I seem to have like eyes, as I mentioned at the top of the show, like sort of bloodhounds. Well, not bloodshot. I mean, it's not like the days when you're 20... 22 and you're going out all night and going to bed at four o'clock and getting up at six o'clock no 
really saying Chappie who goes to bed at four o'clock and gets up at six o'clock. Surely you wait till noon. I've never been able to sleep past six thirty. I think that could be a could be a issue. But now I go to bed like more like a nun now. You know, I don't do my sort of evening matins and prayer and sackcloth or whip my back before bed or anything. But uh, I do go to bed much, much earlier. But yes, just, just to get those devices and just take the devices and just put them gently into the other room, plug them in, and you'd be surprised what a difference it makes. If you're just like up in the middle of the night and start reading, you're never going to go back to sleep. Because last night, I woke up at two and I couldn't go back to sleep. If I'd had my phone there, I probably wouldn't have gone back to sleep at all. But I didn't. I, uh, again, middle-aged problem. Had to use the absolution, morning absolution, the ablutions. At two o'clock in the morning. Went back to bed. And then did the deep breath thing. And relaxing every part of my body. Yes, every part of your body. Before you ask the question. I mean, some have said to me over the years. Champy, you need to start your own midnight caller phone sex line. Well, thanks for having such great ambitions for me. That sort of mellifluous voice and rich, sweet like chocolate, darling. You know, anyway, <laughs> that's the nonsense. But anyway, straight at the top of the show, top of the shop, we have 25 foods to boost your libido. Now, I mean, my sister started telling me the other day that she started giving flax seeds to her, to her hubby. I mean, what are you, what are you doing? Absolutely. That's, that's too much information, my dear. You know. But it, so it made me think, well, 25 foods to boost one's libido. The search for the best foods that increase libido and stamina is on. Humanity has been obsessed with aphrodisiacs for thousands of years. In ancient Egypt, couples ate wine-soaked lily flowers to boost passion. I mean, some of these ones, I wonder, okay, well, it's improving your stamina but it's also messing with your bowel. So in the middle of nuptials, you have, excuse me, my darling, it's a, it's a call of nature. And then it's like an atomic bomb going off in there, you know, you just don't want that. Some aphrodisiacs are less pleasant. Cobra blood. I mean, if I drank cobra blood, it would give me a jippy tummy. I mean, what would you take the, what would you take the liquids and the essence and the, and the fluids from the wrong part of the cobra's body? I mean, it could be absolutely fatal. You're never going to get it up, are you? Because you're going to be six foot under. Um, sea cucumbers. And what are they doing with the sea cucumbers? Are they using it as a splint? Strapping it on the old boy? There we go. A little bit salty. I'm a little bit like a salty sea dog, darling. But here we go. Ready? You know. Ants, bird's nests, or secretions of blister beetles. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't want a blister beetle sort of running all over your todger, do you, really? Or anywhere else? What are those... <laughs> You're ready, ready for action, so to speak. Rubbing your hands, ready to go. Off, off come the uh, undercrackers. What are these blister beetles? Blisters from blister beetles? Well, they're blisters from blister beetles, darling. Yeah, sure they are. Good night. And then you're sort of ghosted because of the blisters from the blister beetles. Yeah. Most aphrodisiacs are proved useless, but it doesn't stop mankind's search for the ultimate love potion. Okay, basil. Well, basil. As we said, basil, basil. Oh my God, it's basil. 
basil. Basil, darlings. The Italian herb improves circulation. Anything good for the heart improves the libido to tomatoes. Tomatoes, tomatoes. Let's call the whole thing off. One of the foods increasing libido in males is tomatoes. It's lysopene is a powerful antioxidant. Walnuts and almonds. Not if you're allergic to it. You don't want a sudden itch to prevent dysfunction in the erectile area. Eat nuts. Nuts have whole grains and contain arginine. Arginine is important for blood flow, especially during the arousal. When you want to be arousal, you need the almond. Would almond milk work? I wonder. Flax seeds. Yes, flax seeds. Dear, dear sister, flax seeds. <laughs> Similar to female hormones, they are linked to a very healthy carnal life. Chia seeds. Oh, those chia choppy, chia choppy seeds. Are the foods that increase the male libido, boost testosterone naturally? Anyway, peppers, the compound in peppers, uh, capsaicin. Is that how you say it? Probably not. I think that's probably in uh, turmeric as well. Increase heart rate, dilutes blood vessels, and releases endorphins. Garlic. Okay, well, if you're having garlic, make sure both of you have it. Yeah, and a sprinkle of the powder just before nuptials won't work. You have to eat the real thing. These overly fragrant clothes, make sure everybody has the overly fragrant clothes, even your next door neighbors, because it absolutely stinks. The allicin in garlic, onion, shallots, and leeks increases blood flow. Well, let's, let's have an onion, garlic, shallot stew, shall we? And then it's the same problem. You need to call up uh, Uber Delivery to deliver you some new toilet paper. Ginger. Yes, I've always mentioned the, uh, the uh, ginger cake. Very, very good. Increases libido in men. Naturally, ginger, the spice increases blood flow and testosterone. Celery. Again, is it a splint? Yes, I've got a... Just don't worry about me. I've got a celery splint. The mild man of has a secret. Contains anrosterone. What's anrosterone? It increases... It's a, uh, a pheromone to signal masculinity and virility. Men should definitely eat but more celery. Bananas. Yes, I, I wonder if the, what's better, a green banana or the old brownish banana here. Bananas are rich in potassium and B vitamins include energy levels. Avocado. Well, I always worry about sort of it's so messy, isn't it? You like, what do you do with the avocado? Do you like mash it up? Yes. Well, we'll have uh, instead of having avocado on toast for breakfast, we're bringing avocado in the bedroom here, and it's all smashed all over here. Yes, the buttery food is rich in essential fatty acids. Dark chocolate. Women have relied on the plant foods to generate the ease through breakups and heartache. Chocolate has tons of antioxidants. Asparagus as well. Well, of course, asparagus would be good. That sort of phallic green object there with the spear on the end. The old asparagus head. Maca is a Peruvian root. has been used by local population to increase stamina, stamina, energy, and fertility. Pumpkin seeds as well are very good with zinc. Watermelon. But again, you're going you're gonna to make the bed so kick. All that watermelon juice everywhere. Oh, it's going to get so sticky as well. Then bits of seeds and then the rind everywhere. Avoid erectile dysfunction by eating watermelon. Nutmeg as well. Nutmeg is a spice used in Indian medicine to boost libido. Broccoli. Or maybe a cheese and broccoli soup. Again, that will be slopping everywhere as well, isn't it? Beans and legumes are also very good for pheromones. The goji berries. Just love myself a... Love myself a bit of the goji berry here. Red wine as well. <clears throat> Increase libido, testosterone in, in red wine. 
red wine, uh, a glass or two before hitting the bed can significantly improve your sexual performance, but not two bottles worth, because then you don't know who you're with. And uh, yeah, it could be severe claret goggles in the morning. Olive oil followed a Mediterranean diet made the answer for men and women uh, with sexual dysfunction, sexual half, uh, healthy fatty acids. Olive oil may be one of the foods to increase libido. Pomegranate juice. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe a little, little pomegranate martini may be, the, may be the key here. Saffron as well. Absolutely good. A natural aphrodisiac. Lots of aphro- natural aphrodisiacs here. And plant-based protein as well. Branch chain amino acids, arginine amino acids works as a vasodilator. Sounds like some sort of new toy. Yes, I've uh, I've sent away for this package here, and uh, yeah, can you just pick up the package? It's 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 a uh, shaped, uh, it's like rather naughty shape. Uh, it's it's, uh, it's my new vasodilator. Desperately hard to try not to mess up the hair with the headphones on here. So I got the headphones uh, sort of pushed back slightly on top of the head. Got the cans on the ears, but a little bit worried about messing up the bouffant this early in the morning. Could be a terrible problem for the rest of the day here. So have you got the situation where <clears throat> you're a morning cock and your uh, partner is a night owl? How does that work out for you? I mean, luckily for me, I'm not really a morning or an evening person. I get up early and I go to bed late, so... I'm probably called a, a sleep deprivation sort of person, but I, you know that's been improving recently. But uh, that you know that can be a severe problem if you're like starting to fall asleep at 8:30, and your partner's raring to go, so to speak. That can be a little bit of a slight issue. That's when you need to get the chia seeds out or start grinding up the flax seeds and putting it in their coffee. But also, do people use you for your skip? If you've got a massive, I mean, isn't it the best thing in the world? A massive area where you can get rid of rubbish, junk, trash. A big old skip. <clears throat> I recommend it. And I disputed this with my dying. Disputed that. said, Well, I get a skip every year and get rid of junk. Well, okay. Fantastic. So what? I think getting a skip in at the beginning of the year, you, you clean out all of your junk. It unclutters the mind. But the thing is, people started, I mean, you hear from friends you haven't heard from for a while. Yes, uh, just coming over to, I, I mean, I've got your old uh, college yearbook from 1985, just coming over, and then they come over, drop off the yearbook, and they've got 25 boxes. They want to use your skip. Or somebody that you worked with back in the 80s. And they suddenly appear at the door. I've seen you for a while. Yes, I, I'm just, my New Year's resolution is to, to, uh, to see people I haven't seen for 30 years. And then they bring stuff for the skip. I mean, this is what happens. People use you for your skip. Not your good heart, not your charm, not your strength. But people out there are using one another for the skip. Beware. You could be one of the few out there who, I mean, they don't want to see you. They just want to get rid of a load of rubbish. Archaeologists have discovered two huge sphinxes in Egypt's ruins. The sphinxes measure 20 feet in length and represent Kim 
Hotop III, who reigned 3,300 years ago. Archaeologists have discovered the remains of two huge uh, sphinx statues, each measuring 20 foot, uh, 20 foot in length, at the funerary temple of King Amenhotep III. A pharaoh reigned about uh, 3,000 years ago. A team led by Horig Sorison found the sphinx is partially submerged in water. Now you don't want a you don't want a wet sphinx, do you? Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, temple. I mean, they're made of sand, aren't they? So they probably end up like uh, your, your sandcastle on uh, Brighton Beach. The Temple of Millions. They're, they're located in Luxor, Egypt, which includes the ancient city of Thebes. Amenhotep's temple is packed with artifacts and was once resplendent feature of Luxor. However, it's been eroded by thousands of years of floods and at least one ancient earthquake. The discovery of the Sphinxes is part of decades-long effort to restore the temple, the colossi of Menon. These are two gigantic stone statues that Amenhotep marks the entrance to the funerary complex. The Sphinxes also represents Amenhotep, who shone adorned with a mongoose headdress. I mean, if I was an ancient pharaoh, I wouldn't want a mongoose headdress. I mean, I would want a beautiful, beautiful plume like a peacock spreading its wings, but not a mongoose on my head. I mean, what sort of fleas do mongooses have, for God's sake? Yes, I've got a... a and uh, you can see Pharaoh Chappie coming in, and uh, yes, he's beautifully adorned with five weasels on his head. Yeah, it doesn't quite work, does it? like a weasel or a mongoose. Cerisian and her colleagues came across an inscription that read the beloved god of Amun-Ra, which is the real name of Amenhotep III. In addition to their striking scale, the sphinxes mark the location of the processional road used for festivals. The pharaoh's long reign ran for 30 years. That was a long time back then, but they didn't have flax seeds. Amenhotep's right to the throne depicts celebrations, and Cerisian's team discovered three black granite busts of Skimet, the goddess of war, who took the form of a lioness, which moved to the original place within the temple. Oh yeah, yeah, I, I discovered uh, a couple of, couple of sphincters the other day, yeah, it's, it's like the, uh, probably the two Republican nominees, it's a couple of sphincters, uh, yeah, Ronda Santos and Donald Trump. Yes, we have a little bit of news coming in. It's not a, another uh, Tory party party. Boris Johnson has, uh, in fact, discovered that uh, it was not birthday cake, but a dilapidated Christmas cake that had been stored in a tin for 50 years. Yes, the Sugre report has come out and suggested that all of the Christmas cake should have been eaten and shouldn't have been left. Anyway, we have some Christmas cake news for my dear parents here. When we last heard about the Christmas cake, three quarters of it was still left. Now, news coming in over the wires right now is we still have three quarters of the Christmas cake. And news is that it's going to make a very hardy doorstop. We have a rise of private members, clubs, the dogs. New York residents are willing to join waiting lists and shell out on ever more exclusive pay playgrounds for their canine companions. The only real shock that it didn't happen sooner. In a city built on status symbols and conspicuous consumption, I mean, it could be the new Julian Fellows show. 
he's moving into uh, New York, I think, in the 19... Is it the 1920... No, it's the 1880s, I believe. Which is quite, quite an interesting premise for a show here. But you could... Uh, I mean, Julian Fellows could have his new show after this uh, latest sort of revival, this Downton Abbey in New York, basically, is he could uh, he could start showing and representing a exclusive dog club. I mean, everybody would tune in for that, wouldn't they? Seeing beautiful Afghan hounds attending, you know. Well, uh, we've scanned his poor, and I'm afraid he hasn't paid last month's subscription. Well, last time he came in here, he ate all the treats off the top of the bar. He's not allowed, he's barred. So Monday morning at the Soho Grand Dog Park, a private playground for pooches in downtown Manhattan, decked out with shrubbery sculptures, vintage fire hydrants, water stations, and a splash pool. Yes, you want a splash pool? Be probably for dogs, though, you need to... I know when you used to go into swimming pools in, like, the 1980s, you had to do and dip your toes in to this uh, disinfectant. Stop people catching all those verrucas. I mean, dogs should probably have to do that as well. Yeah, especially you've got poopy paws. You want to go in and soak your feet in before you're allowed into the exclusive club. AstroTurf lawns, paved pathways and stacked boulders to foster happy scampering. The 3,000 square foot park is owned by the Soho Grand Hotel, granting free access uh, for guests and a nearby sister hotel, the Roxy, with membership for non-guests and their furry charges costing 795 a year. In the former camp is Laurie, head of HR for a large tech firm, which is holed up at the hotel where, where she moves apartments, and Gabriel, her mellow six-year-old black pup. In the latter is Orlando, in the deluxe leisure wear, with Oliver, excitable. Is the dog in leisure wear, or is... Uh, I am getting very confused here. Yes, we have some uh, very plush dog leisure wear. <laughs> little zip-up number for little poodle. And uh, the great thing about the leisure wear is uh, dog hair doesn't get stuck to it. It's fantastic. They live locally. Uh, the owners live in the world of crypto. I think people in crypto are the only people that can afford it. Can you pay in Bitcoin, I wonder, at, the, uh, at this sort of pooch zone? Oliver, who's bounding around with Pippa... Sounds like an ancient, uh, it sounds like Lady Shatterley. Yes, Oliver was, <laughs> Pepper was bounding around with Oliver the gardener. He showed his secretaires to her and she was impressed. Um, anyway, local membership is capped at 120, so an exclusive number. I mean, the thing that I want to know, though, is, um, yes, hello, uh, hello, Sir Chappie. Uh, welcome, uh, George and Maggie here, and uh, wonderful. When was the last time their teeth were cleaned? Yes, have they been groomed recently? Have you had the little pieces cut between the paws yet? Okay, uh, when, did, when did they last eat? Oh, you fed them pedigree for breakfast. Well, I'm afraid there's no room at the inn today, sir. And of course, one of my favourites. Yes, uh, welcome, uh, welcome, Sir Chappie. And uh, you've got your lovely dogs here. When was the last time their anal glands were squeezed? I mean, something else that the uh, exclusive Manhattan Dog Club should have is a sausage-carrying drone. Now, a sausage-carrying drone did save a stranded dog's life in very uplifting footage. A dog who found herself stranded on mudflats in Hampshire in the UK was rescued with the help of a drone-carrying sausage. Millie 
the Jack Russell Whippet, had been out for a walk with his owners in Havant. I used to live near Havant, actually. Very boggy around there. A couple of jars, you can really get stuck in the mud. I mean, that's how I could have been rescued back in the day in my years in Hampshire, down in Pompey. I could have been rescued with a string of best Cumberland sausages. I think that's the only thing that would have got me out. So when the dog disappeared, prompting uh, frantic public appeals from the concerned family, she was later spotted on the mudflats with rising tide, threatening to engulf the area and take Millie with it. However, she refused efforts to encourage her to walk to a safer spot. That's where the sausage comes in. In a bid to rescue the stranded pup, the Denmi drone search and rescue team came up with the idea of attaching a sausage to one of its drones and using it to entice the dog off the mudflats. I mean, that's how you could have attracted students. Just drone in a full English breakfast. Uh, me and me, myself and Uncle Jim would have moved anywhere for a full, full English. Or maybe £20 to put behind the bar at the Duke of Buckingham. Chris Taylor, the chairman of the community, described the idea as a crazy one. But it might just work. It was so crazy. The team checked both the Civil Aviation Authority. Because yes, you know, you've got a Boeing 747 landing. Yes, and we're coming in to land at Heathrow Airport. Oh, and uh, just to your left, you see a drone carrying a string of sausages. The, uh, so the civil aviation regulations, and there's maximum takeoff weight. So you probably couldn't use a big old Cumberland. I mean, the bigger the sausage, the heavier, the bigger the girth of the sausage, the drone probably wouldn't be able to get off, off, off the ground, really. So I think the sausages were from Aldi. The woman cooked them up for us, and they were attached to a piece of string. Gosh, I would have jumped up like a like a gazelle. Like a cat chasing a ball of wool, Millie was slowly trotted along after the sausage that appeared in front of her during the rescue mission, allowing the team to lead her to higher ground so she wasn't at risk of drowning. The sausage tactic was a new one for the team, but Taylor noted they couldn't reach her by kayak or any other means. But Millie was hungry. It worked at luring her away from the danger to higher ground so we wouldn't go underwater. Yes, you don't want a soggy sausage. I don't think even the pup would have had. The skittish pup initially made uh, a run for it, was brought to higher ground with the drone carrying the sausages. I bet you, though, the uh, <laughs> I bet you at the Manhattan Dog Club, if you had a drone of sausages, it'd have to be venison sausages, wouldn't it? Yes, we're not going after inferior pork products. I'm not going to go after that drone. I'm used to venison sausages. Or maybe a foie gras sausage or something hanging from the drone. That's the only way you're going to convince the people at the Manhattan Dog Club. We have our good friends at Very British Problems Official, one of the best Twitter sites and Instagram sites out there. <clears throat> this is how to say goodbye on the phone. So I'm a little bit croaky today. Okay then. Okay, that that's great. Great stuff. All right then. Uh, lovely. Okay, that's great. Cheers. Thanks for that. Uh, take care. Okay, cheers. Okay, bye. Bye, 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 bye. Sorry, go on. Uh, okay, yeah, that, that's great. And then missing the opportunity to correct somebody, meaning you now have a brand new first, na new first name for the rest of your life. And then things a Brit might say at the end of the world. Marvellous. Typical. It's hardly ideal. Bugger. Sure, it'll be fine. I'll just boil the kettle. Right, I suppose we'd be off then. I knew this would happen. Can't complain. Shame. Do you think they'll make this a bank holiday? Just saw one of the true wonders of nature just now. I saw Maggie the Corgi 
somehow pull your huge beef femur bone. I mentioned this last week. The biggest bone I think I've ever seen. And she pulled it from the entrance to her room into her crate and managed to maneuver the width of the bone and worked it out. It was like a pooch puzzle. She worked it out for herself and turned the bone around and now the bone, which is the length of the crate, is now in the crate. A true wonder of uh, seriously pooch superiority there. And the strength of the corgi to have those strong gnashes, seriously. I mean, she, well, she's a Pembroke Welsh corgi. Can't be a British corgi with teeth like that, seriously. Anyway. Just also found, just headed out, it's now a balmy 15 degrees Fahrenheit here in lovely Colorado. Snow all over the ground. It's a month too late. But uh, I am a little bit concerned now that uh, I tried to, didn't have the Harris Tweed on, the Harris Tweed hat, but tried to pop up the hood and attach it. But I don't know if you've had this problem before, but the double chin kept loosening the old hood so it kept falling down and my tears are now in a terrible mess so yes the double chin does have quite a bit of strength i mean have you ever seen i i bet you could lift up probably a uh, a mini metro or old british mini with your chin if you've got the strap between the double chin you could probably lift up a mini. Maybe I'm going to try that. That could be a future career for me, uh, potentially. Images of a bald Queen Elizabeth II have gone viral after a German waxwork museum gave a peek behind the scenes showing the models being clean. Panopincum museum in Hamburg is undertaking its annual renovation work with its wax figures being cleaned, their hair washed, clothes dry cleaned and scratches repaired. But this week the museum decided to give fans a peek behind the scenes. During the process Her Majesty can be seen in full pink attire donning a bare scalp. The 95 year old's hat has been removed for attached hair to be combed while other images show her completely bald and being vacuumed. Oh, absolutely awful here. Suzine Faber, the managing partner. As we are using real human hair for our waxworks, which is very expensive. Some figures have hearts, don't have complete hair. We just install the amount of hair which is visible for the visitors. So, I mean, it's, I feel absolutely, I mean, at least it's in the blue rinse or something. I mean, that'd be absolutely awful if it was uh, that was the case. I mean, the case is, 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 is it, is it hair-raising or air-raising, Your Majesty? Yes, that's a two-and-a-half gun salute for the bald Her Majesty the Queen in a waxworks in Germany. And a woman claimed to have a bizarre love affair with a chimp that she would visit weekly to blow him kisses. A.D. Timmerlands is a regular guest at the zoo for four years and has grown very attached to the 38-year-old chimp Cheetah. Their weekly meetups involve blowing kisses 
and waving through the glass of the chimp enclosure. But last summer, the forbidden romance came to an end when the zoo banned her from visiting. They claimed it was doing more harm than good to the animal. Allegedly, it only got out of hand when she started throwing her own feces at the chimp as part of the mating ritual. And the Loch Ness Monster was spotted 550 miles south in London Lake, leaving residents bemused. And Nessie was heard to say, Ah, they leave bigger tips down here! Absolutely smashing having you here for the podcast today. Thank you very much for joining me for this silliness, this gentle, light, tuck-in-cheek silliness that we have every week. Um, So I will be back for another podcast before the end of the weekend. I promise you that, or God willing, if if the double gin doesn't cause any more damage during the course of the day, or parts of my body don't become... uh, icicle stalactites i mean that could be a problem as well if you like listening to the podcast though audio versions apple music slacker breaker iHeartRadio, pandora as well uh, amazon music audible spotify if you like music though and sadly we can't give you any more neil young really felt like harvest moon today but can't give you any more neil young oh gosh that's that's, that's pretty sad Anyway, we have some San Fender on the Butler Emporium musical edition on Spotify. We have some Squeeze, Justin Timberlake, Suede, The Doors. Uh, we have uh, also some new George Ezra. We have, some, uh, we have some lovely, lovely, lovely Vampire Weekend as well. Sort of, and, and some of these tunes do sound very similar. It's like Groundhog Day. Listen in. Spot the spot the join, not in my wig, but spot the join during the musical uh, Butler Emporium edition as well. And we have some Deacon Blue, and as always, we have some Yacht Rock to finish. But here on the podcast, we do have a poem to close the door today. January snow, snow, crunchy, a thousand white sprinkles all over the floor, chilled breeze in the air, fragmented pieces of dead flow snowflakes scattered away, cold, frozen ice. Sparkles in the sunlight, tossed aside the backtop, into the front yards and backyards, all piled up like corpses to melt away in the sunlight. Snow. January snow. I will return very, very soon, before the end of the weekend. Thanks for listening today. But uh, stay warm out there. There's a lot of snow, especially here in the United States. Cheerio. Time for a couple of soft-boiled eggs and soldiers. <laughs>